My aunt screwed over my grandma for years. I put my nose in her business. My parents got wise on the fraud and eventually reported her to the IRS. The IRS bankrupted her and now her and her husband are destitute and too old to work. This happened about five years ago. My grandma was getting old, late 80s, early 90s. She had one wish, to not die in a senior home. Easily done, as my grandpa had sold some assets way back when, then invested the money and let it ride for 30 years. He never touched it and collected a pension. Way back when my grandpa died, about 10 years before this, my grandma appointed my dad, this terrible aunt, and my uncle as the trustees of the trust. Basically, the trusted advisors for her and her care for the foreseeable future. All was well in the beginning. Then my dad, Willie, moved further away and he couldn't take care of the day-to-day upkeep as the trustee and to see that my grandma was okay. My aunt, Rebecca, told her that she and my uncle, Fred, who lived in Arizona, would take over and all would be fine. It was fine for a while. My dad went back to visit a few times and noticed my grandma didn't always have overnight care or that her mail wasn't picked up and the driveway wasn't plowed. She also lost her cable TV and newspaper subscription. My dad figured it was just lapsed so he had the services put back on. My dad also noticed that my grandma was eating moldy food at times because her truck was sold and she had no transportation. She drove up until she was 90 years old. She basically just chilled at the house and did crossword puzzles. The craziest part of this is that my aunt only lived two miles away from my grandma, but my grandma told my dad she saw my aunt Rebecca once a week on Saturday for about an hour. As with the elderly and age, my grandma passed away. She did get her wish and was able to die in her own home. Upon her death, things started to get real interesting. Once the probate lawyer got her children, my dad, aunt, uncle, and other estranged aunt Becky around the table some shady business started to come out. My aunt Rebecca asked that everyone just forgo any audit or paperwork and they just sell the house for around $400,000 and divide up the remaining back account balance of roughly $400,000. So just signing on the line, each sibling was able to get a check for $200,000. Not too bad of an inheritance. My dad thought that this was somewhat a little rushed. He said that at the time he wanted to wait because my grandma house was easily in the $600,000 range based on size and location. My aunt exploded in his face, cursing at him and calling him all kinds of names because he was unwilling to sign the assets then and there. She basically wanted a quick close while everyone looked the other way. My dad ended up leaving the room after the screaming and the deal wasn't signed that day. It took nearly six months before another appointment and they were all back at the table. The thing is though, when you are a trustee and the person dies, the funds and access to financial accounts are all under heavy scrutiny until all beneficiaries are made aware and sign the final papers. At the next meeting, my dad went in there with no intention to sign the deal. He got his brother, my uncle Fred, to agree that they audit the entire accounts going back five years. When they ended up demanding this again at the meeting with the lawyer, my aunt ended up arguing that a forensic audit would cost $5,000 and it's a waste. Like, what difference does it make? Two beneficiaries requested it, so it was what was going to happen. The audit report showed up three months later. Here's where it gets good. My dad began looking over the audit reports and saw that it was full of holes. Excessive monthly food costs for a 90-year-old lady. Payments made for car services for a car my grandma no longer had. Many different things in there that just didn't add up. My dad asked me to give the audit a second look, so I spent Saturday 
Sunday night going over it. And here is some crazy stuff I found and alerted my dad about. Number one, Costco monthly food costs of $1,100 to $2,000 for the last four years. Number two, telephone bills for six cell phones. My grandma has a home phone only. Number three, gasoline for a truck my grandma didn't have for four years. Easily $400 a month. Number four, house repairs paid to my aunt's husband who owned a construction business. Some of the house repairs were about $16,000 for a new roof, new garage doors, home security system, which she didn't have, etc. All inflated prices. Number five, my grandma paid for my aunt to go to Europe twice on vacation. Number six, my grandma was paying my strange aunt Becky a stipend of $2,000 a month for the last five years, as well as her deadbeat son for $2,500 every month they were paid. Number seven, all grandkids were to be paid a lump sum of $10,000 upon their 30th birthday, as that is when the $50 check from grandma stopped for all grandkids. Guess who was paid out? Her kids and my estranged aunt's kids, but not me or my siblings. My grandma gave loans to my aunt Rebecca for her husband's construction business in return for equity in the company, which amounted to nothing. These loans totaled to about $200,000 over three years, right around when the housing bust happened. And lastly, number nine, they also sold her assets like jewelry and whatnot for cash because some big ticket items simply vanished from her house. Armed with all of this, the next probate meeting was interesting. In the time between my grandpa's death and the third probate meeting, my aunt's construction business filed for bankruptcy, so that $200,000 in equity grandma had simply vanished. The probate lawyer was also somewhat concerned and makes it obvious that this was fraud and a breach of fiduciary duty, where my aunt could actually get real prison time. After this, the negotiations were much more favorable. My aunt got nothing, literally zero. My other aunt only received $25,000 after all stipend payments. My father and uncle shared the rest after all grandkids received the $10,000 payout. The house sold to the first offer of $520,000. That was just the regular revenge for the treacherous bee that ripped off my grandma and had her eating moldy food. Here is the pro revenge. My aunt probably felt pretty bad that she couldn't supplement her lifestyle with grandma's money anymore, but that was the least of her worries. Since she tried to personally rip me off for $10,000, I took it personally. I don't care how tough you are, the IRS is the scariest thing that can happen to a person. Nobody wants to have their money forcibly removed. I did a little research and found the 3949A, which is the IRS's information referral form. I also had the audit and legal office could slash would provide the full trust and requested demanded by the IRS. I don't know if it ever was. So I photocopied my documents, had them notarized and sent off the info to the IRS. I felt like it went nowhere. Then maybe 18 months later, I was notified and asked to come to the IRS building for an appointment in my city. The agent went over all the details, what they found in their research, and then asked for a sworn statement. It turns out my aunt didn't declare something like $1.2 million in additional income over five years. And as such, she owed the IRS around $420,000 plus all the penalties. There was no way she was going to pay that on a teacher's pension. And after her husband's business went bankrupt, her house was sold, her vehicles were sold, they left the state. Now my aunt and uncle live in a depressing, 
desert town in the southwest, similar to Good Springs. The IRS paid me around $60,000 about three months after the appointment. She should have just paid that $10,000. So was I the jerk for taking revenge on my aunt after what she did and getting a payout from the IRS of $60,000 into my pocket? This is pretty wild that the IRS paid the original poster here $60,000. That is more money than a lot of people will ever make in an entire year. I've always heard that that was possible that you could wrap people people out and get money from the IRS, but I've never actually seen a story where somebody does that. I'm assuming there's probably entire businesses dedicated to this to try and find people that are evading the IRS and turning them in and getting big checks like this because that's a lot of money. I don't know how they do the breakdowns, but I'm assuming since she owed $1.2 million, that was the reason why the OP got paid so much here. But anyway, going to the core of the story, this is just a situation where somebody's greed goes too far. The aunt was probably tipping her toe in this whole stealing grandma's money thing just a little bit in the beginning, seeing if anyone noticed, and if nobody noticed or said anything, she would take a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more. So over the years, she ended up just basically thinking that she would never get caught and got greedy. And her only strategy for not getting caught once this all came to light was to try and convince the rest of the family that doing a $5,000 audit was too expensive. When there's this much money on the table, you got to assume people are going to do an audit. That is a wild assumption to think that they're not going to try and audit this. It's like she was stealing from every conceivable angle she could even think of. Food costs, cell phone costs, gasoline, paying other people, going to Europe, putting money into her husband's business. Is there even anything that she could have taken money from other than just putting the cash directly into her bank account that she didn't already do or at least attempt to do? I mean, they even stole the grandma's physical assets. So who knows how much was actually stolen there because she might have had gold or diamonds in the house. It is pretty sad that even though the grandma had all that money in the end, she was just robbed and she had to sit in that house alone, nobody coming to spend time with her other than one hour a week eating moldy food? If this was your grandma and somebody had stolen this much money from them and tried to take your $10,000, how would you act? What would you do? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. I'm a nanny and I found out that my boss is sharing private videos of me online. I've worked for a really nice normal family for a few months. At least I thought so. The kid is 10 months old and very sweet. She's super active though and she often fights me on nappy changing. I have a gentle approach and if she rolls slash crawls away, I just encourage her to come back, let her play for a moment and then try again. So as you can imagine, it can take a while. The family has cameras in both kids' rooms, which I don't mind and I was informed of, and they were just for safely mostly, especially at night with the rooms being spaced out and noise not traveling. Well, a family friend who knows the family contacted me last night and showed me that the mom had shared a video of me from the nanny cam of me changing the kid's nappy on Facebook with a caption that said nanny taking half an hour to change a nappy and a laughing emoji. There's comments basically making fun of me. One person even said to find a new nanny. She's replied saying things like we love our nanny but was in hysterics watching this. I'm not gonna lie I cried for about an hour. I'm a very private and highly anxious person and I feel so hurt and betrayed by the mom. I work part-time and I was there after she shared the video and didn't say anything and I'm supposed to be working on Thursday 
Thursday, but I'm dreading going. I kind of just want to ghost her and never go back again. I am so humiliated and I don't know how to deal with this going forward. The original poster answered some questions. The first of which was, wait, since you use Nappy for diaper, are you in the UK? If you are, I think you might have legal recourse for either online harassment or that the mother violated your rights to privacy by posting it online. I would talk to a lawyer and get an expert opinion. The OP responds and said, Australia, I'll have a look into it. I am so incredibly sorry this happened to you, OP. You have every right to have your privacy respected and she should be grateful for a nanny who understands her daughter and takes a gentle, loving approach with her. The OP says, thank you. This has been hard on me too. I take pride in my gentle approach. I have a bachelor's degree and an RIE certification. Seeing these moms pick apart my caregiving philosophy has upset me a lot. Jumping into the future, there's an update. I've sent the message. Basically, I told her that I saw the video and that it's inappropriate for her to share footage of me online without my consent, that I feel disrespected and I no longer will be a nanny for their family. I also sent a screenshot of the video and I've saved the video. So if she tries to gaslight me, I have the evidence. I'm currently a nervous wreck. Jumping into the future, there's a final update. I let her know I was quitting, that I saw the post, etc. She took a few hours to respond and her response was unhinged. She told me that I had no right snooping on her social media and that the footage was of her baby so it was fine. She asked me to please come in until she found a replacement. I told her I was uncomfortable returning and that the video and the comments really upset me. She offered to remove the cameras but I stood strong and I told her I was not coming back. I asked her to remove the video and according to the family friend it's been taken down. However, she must have blocked me as I can't see her Facebook anymore. I haven't heard from her since Wednesday. A nanny friend of mine is moving overseas so her family has an opening coming up and they are amazing. My friend has let them know that I'm looking so I may have a new family already lined up. So am I the jerk for how this was handled? The first thing that's strange in this is that she was snooping on her social media which presumably was public because other people were responding and she was able to see it herself before she was blocked. So I'm not sure if that exactly counts as snooping. And second of all like other people pointed out if the footage was of the baby then why was the entire purpose of the caption on that video to poke fun at how long she was taking to change the baby? I'm guessing what happened here is the mom probably did this with little or zero ill intent but instead just totally disregarded the privacy of somebody else who doesn't want a moment like that where they're the focus of the entire thing shared for other people to ridicule and interpret however they want. It probably is going to put the mom in a tough position to find a replacement that fast but at the same time how can she expect her to come in when the OP feels totally embarrassed about this whole situation and violated? But let me know how you see this. Do you think the OP left the mom high and dry in this situation or was she within her rights to just walk away from this entire thing as soon as she found out that her privacy had been violated? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for taking my friend to a wedding instead of my boyfriend because he wants to bring his four children with us to an herb wedding? I'm a 30 year old female and I've been with my boyfriend who's 33 for a little over a year, 16 months. My boyfriend has four children, a 12 year old boy, a seven year old girl, seven year old girl, and a five year old boy, all from a previous relationship. I met the children after we had been dating for seven months after meeting their mom around month five. The biological mom and I get along well. I understand her concerns of being replaced and assured her I am not trying to take her place in any way. On to the situation. About three months ago, I received an invitation to the wedding of a friend. I'm allotted a plus one and naturally I invited my boyfriend. We discussed the theme of the wedding. It's an herb wedding, transportation, since there's an open bar and a few other details. I discussed these plans with my BFF, who's a 31 year old female. In case there was an emergency, she is my support system as I am low contact with my family. 
Fast forward to the big day. After spending months discussing plans, my boyfriend shows up to pick me up for the wedding with his four children in the back seats. I look at him with a confused look and ask him what's going on. He says, what do you mean? And I say, why are the kids in the car? Did you forget you were picking me up for the wedding today? I didn't forget. I just thought this would be a good family outing. At this point, my mind is blown and I am frustrated. I asked him why he thought that, seeing as how we discussed the plans. He said it's not a big deal. They'll only be attending the ceremony. I inform him that my invite is for me and my plus one, not a plus five. And besides, nothing about this event is appropriate for children. He then says, okay, we can skip the wedding and just have a family day. I told him absolutely not and that his bad decision making was not going to be my problem. I sent him on his way, called my BFF, and two hours later, we attended the beautiful ceremony together. My boyfriend sees this on Snapchat and goes ballistic on me. How could I go without him? How could I replace him? How his children felt rejected? How I should have skipped the wedding for a family day? I waited until he ran out of steam and calmly told him that he made these choices. We had plans and he chose to try and change them at the last minute. That his changes were inappropriate and also not my problem. He called me a jerk and is refusing to speak to me until I apologize to him and to his children. He also wants an apology from my best friend forever, my BFF, for attending the wedding in his place. Jumping into the future, there's an update. I finally talked to my boyfriend. I showed up at his house this morning at 5am because the silence was driving me insane. He works overnight and gets off at 4am, so I knew he was up and we discussed the situation and he did apologize. Apparently, he spoke to his children's mother and she ripped him a new one. She did text me this morning, I don't think she thought I was up, to try and help his case. Informed me that he didn't really grow up going to social events and the only wedding he's ever been to was family. Apparently, they just show up with friends and family, whatever that means. She also thanked me for having common sense and not taking her children to a quote, effing herb wedding. And if she had known, she would have switched weekends with him or came with me herself. She told me to call her next time something like this happens. I just told her not to worry about it. Anyway, the conversation was productive. After he apologized, he explained that his babysitter, his sister, fell through. She tested positive for the vid and he didn't know what else to do. He said he understood where he went wrong but was too embarrassed to admit this to me. This was the red flag for me. I told him that I understood what happened and wished that he had just talked to me. He told me that it wouldn't happen again. I told him he was correct. It won't happen again because this would be our last conversation. Four days of not speaking really spoke volumes and the fact that he was too prideful to admit his faults didn't sit well with me. I also showed him this post and he got upset with me for sharing it. I told him it didn't really matter at this point and he accused me of not considering his feelings. I took all the advice I was given and just left. I didn't say goodbye. I just walked out and blocked him once I got to my car. My brain started to hurt at the thought of continuing the conversation, let alone the relationship. I just wanted to let y'all know that I handled it the way that it needed to be handled. I seriously thought I was wrong for how I spoke to him in front of his children. I'm going to sleep now because the situation has been plaguing me for a week and I'm tired. So, was I the jerk? The person that I feel for the most in this entire situation is the baby's mama. It sounds like that woman is going to be bound to this guy for the rest of her life, sort of as a pseudo babysitter cleanup crew for whatever he does. She's out there offering explanations of why he's behaving the way he is to his future girlfriends that came after her. I understand why she does it. It makes sense because she shares children with him, so she wants to make 
make it as clear and transparent and easy to keep her children safe as possible. But I'm sure she doesn't want to do that. That's the scary part about having kids with someone. Once you have those kids with them, if you're looking out for the best interest of those kids, you're tangled with that person pretty much forever. The mother in this situation is pretty much putting her emotions to the side for the benefit of her children. She's saying, hey, call me anytime this happens. We'll figure it out. But even with all that, nobody wants a silent treatment for four days when they're not even the one that did anything wrong. So I completely understand the fact that she would just say, no, I'm not doing this. And she would just leave. I'm referring to the OP, obviously. So let me know how you see the situation and jerk or not a jerk and why. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.